Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hey, friends, it's Rhonda. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I've got a special guest for you today that I think you are going to love, love, love. This episode is packed full of practical tips about how to recession-proof your practice, what to do to kind of prepare yourself in the event that something crazy happens like what we've been through in the past couple of years, um, how to look forward, how to kind of position yourself now in preparation for the unseen things that can happen. None of us would have expected what happened to happen, but it did. And so what if in the future there was something maybe not like that? Let's hope not. But something that happened, a recession that was, you know, very, very catastrophic. How could you position yourself, your personal life, but your business, more importantly, in a way that is going to help protect you against the impact of any kind of a, an abrupt financial change? So that being said, I'm going to let you listen in on my conversation with Jennifer Koch. Here she is. Well, hello, Jennifer. Welcome to the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. For those of you that are just joining us for the first time, buckle up because we are going to be talking about how to recession-proof your practice with my new friend, Jennifer Koch. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. It's always so nice to, you know, have a, a fellow entrepreneur on the show that has kind of been through the ranks and you've had gotten plenty of mud on your boots, I'm going to say in the process. So I want to start by the thing I loved about you when I first met you was just your story. It's pretty remarkable. So um, tell us your story. How did you get to where you are and, and where you're at now? And then we'll dive into the how-to and the practical application. So what, tell me what happened. All right. What happened was, um, you know, I like how you say mud on my boots. It's like one time a pediatrician called me seasoned, right? So <laughs> I don't know if that's steak seat. Let's see. Seasoned. No, we'll go with seasoned. Yeah, you're right. Good. Seasoned. <laughs> so I started my career in corporate. And I was in sales and marketing, and I did that for 10 years. And back in 1998, I decided I wanted more freedom and flexibility for my family. And I decided to open up my own business, which I did. And then two days later, delivered my second daughter. So that was a little crazy. We won't yeah, go that into that story. that probably was not the perfect timing, but okay, keep going. <laughs> right. It happens. But anyway, so I opened up a brick and mortar um, cookie business is what I did. And I loved that business. I owned it for 20 years. I was able to run it, own it, build it, and raise my three children, which I just absolutely love. And then my story got really interesting back in 2008 with uh -oh. the recession, mm -hmm. which is going to come up today. Um, when I was watching you know, what was happening with my business, it was basically drying up, I launched a cupcake business. So I started out in the cookie business, ended up you know, riding the wave of the cupcake trend, and started a cupcake business in 2008 and put those two together and became cookies and cupcake by design. And by wow. doing that, my business skyrocketed. I pivoted during recession and it was the best thing. I can look back at that and say it was the best thing that ever happened to me. 
And, and so, so when, yeah, when you decided that you wanted to like pivot, let's, I want to rewind just a little bit here to get more context. So here you have this really thriving cookie business. Did it just all of a sudden one day you just started, it just dried up. Literally there were no customers because you've got staff, you have overhead, you have equipment, you've got rent, you've got, you know, software you're paying for your own living expenses because you now have three kids, you're trying to raise a home and a blah, blah, blah. Did it just all of a sudden dry up or were you just noticing that slowly it just started getting less, less, less? Cause the whole 2008 recession was a slower process. I mean, it, right. it, it happened over months. It wasn't like one day we were fine. And the next day, the stock market was zero. It happened over, you know, a period of several months. So how uh, were, did you have any kind of indication before all this happened that something was potentially wrong? I guess, you know, it I'm didn't, going. it didn't stop suddenly. No, it was a definitely a slow decline. Yeah. And I think I was just seeing the writing on the wall. And I think I was a little proactive in making that pivot because I was watching a lot of our business was corporate business. So we would do these oh. cookie gifts and they were, had logos on them and they were delicious, but they were really cute and we delivered them. So it's what I called like backdoor business. It went out the back door and we delivered it to the client. And a lot of our business was realtors. And when the housing bust and all that happened, right. So I was watching it decline slowly. And like you said, I had a lease on a building. I had 10 employees. I had obligations. I had a loan with collateral, personal collateral attached to it. All the things that we do when we launch a practice or launch a brick and mortar. And so I really wanted to get ahead of it. That was kind of my thinking back then. Like, and I just want to stop and say that that way of thinking I love so much. And it's quite remarkable that you stopped as a businesswoman. You were able to stop yourself and you had the time obviously built in to work on your business. You know, the proverbial work on your business versus working in your business, Michael Gerber. And so you had the time and space to be able to look at your numbers see what's happening rather than working in your business every day, every day, making cookies, making cookies, going out, doing the deliveries yourself, going out and doing. And that's where a lot of business owners get trapped. They get trapped in the doing and they don't separate themselves out enough to be able to see something that's coming down the road. And you're like, oh, hey, I think the bridge is going to go out down here and we're going to like have a crash and burn if I don't do something right now. So I love that you were able to follow that and you started to watch the trend people weren't coming back to you. The realtors weren't coming back to you. The corporate business wasn't coming back to you. And you're thinking, okay, whoa, time out. But mm-hmm. when all you know is cookies, that could be a little scary. It can be a little scary, but at the same time, when you look at your business model, you know, you're, you're treating patients, you're treating people, you're helping, you know, your listeners have a specialty, right? Right. So when you look around in that specialty niche that you've created, what else in there can kind of be added to your business. You can kind of throw into the mix. That's not going to pull you, you know, drastically in another direction. So cookies and cupcakes, baked product. You know, I had the staff that was very knowledgeable in baking. So it wasn't like I leapt and did some crazy new product. Skydiving. Skydiving. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, you want to make sure it fits your umbrella, right? You know, it fits your brand. And right. The piece about it with my business with the bakery business is bakery businesses are very trendy. 
Everybody wants the next cronut. Remember that guy that took the croissant yes. and the donut and put yes. them together to make it? Yes, a the next cronut. That's so funny. I forgot about that. That wasn't long lived, but nonetheless, it was a cronut. Mm-hmm. It was a cronut, right? And so that's where I just got lucky that 2008, 2009, Cupcake Wars was launching on Food Network. Oh. And I'm in Michigan, and most trends happen in California. So we get to watch the trends come our way. And so I just jumped on it and ran with it. So it it didn't pivot me into a whole new industry. It didn't pivot me in a whole new direction. It just really added another layer to my business. So you really just added another revenue stream, so to speak. So instead of all of your eggs being in the cookie basket, pun, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. uh, all your eggs are there. Now you have got two places where you're having revenue. Now, if you were to look back, would there be anything that you would do different? You said you got Um, lucky, but could you have done it differently or better? Well, of course, anytime you look back, you can always evaluate and find the areas that you could do better or do differently. We started out with these jumbo cupcakes. They were like the size of your palm of your, you know, and three (laughs) inches because we were a decorated cookie company. So we started out thinking, oh, people want decorated cupcakes. Well, these cupcakes were ridiculous. They were so big, you know, you would you needed a fork and three people could eat them. And we soon realized that what's interesting about times like a recession is people need to comfort themselves. They want to treat themselves. Mm -hmm. So your Starbucks doesn't decline too much. People came in and could afford a $3 cupcake. Once we downsized to a regular size cupcake and went into the flavors, not the decorated and would could justify that expense. Right. So initially you just kept your same model and then realized as far as size went and then realized you just needed to tweak it in order to make it so that it was affordable. So during a downturn, then affordability becomes kind of a key consideration. It does. It becomes a key consideration because people have to make choices, right? Right, right. And so for you, they made the choice to choose a cupcake and not a big oversized cookie. What was the price point on the cookie? The price point on the cookie was like in the six, $7 range, but it was mostly these bouquets that were like in the $50 range. Yeah. Yeah. And what was fun about adding the cupcake to my business is all of a sudden the walk-in increased, you know, we used to do most of delivery and then we started getting this walk-in for people just spending $3 treating themselves to a fun treat. Right. Right. So when you changed, you add the cupcakes in, you now have a different revenue stream. You have a lower price point in the door. So now you've got a, giving walk-in traffic to your brick and mortar. So you didn't have to close. You were able to stay open. And then what happened then? So you kept going with your cookies and cupcakes and now you've got walk-in traffic. Did your, re, did your income fully recover to where it was before? Did it get bigger? What happened? So what happened was from 2008 until the time I sold it in 2018. So I sold the business after I owned it for 20 years. Wow. What happened was I ended up growing my business 300%. So not only did I recuperate the losses from a recession, I was able to take my business to the next level. It's really hard to take an existing business and grow at that high of a percentage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it got national attention. So we ended up franchising the cupcake brand out to the cookies by design franchise. So now not only did my little tiny little brick and mortar store in my local market survive and thrive, we ended up launching and going into um, national and we're in 56 stores still today. So it really revitalized 
everything. And it, it revitalized us too, as, as a business owner as a business. Mm-hmm. and my manager, you know, it really took a time that seemed frail and scary and uncertain and a lot of gloom and doom to something that really just put some new energy into us. So on the doom and gloom part, let's talk about what we've all been through in the last couple of years with this whole COVID business and how a lot of the practitioners that listen to this uh, podcast, many of them either had significant, you know, downturn or reduction of sales, number of patients coming in the door, supplements, a lot of them use herbal or nutritional supplements. A lot of that went way, way, way down. And so some of them, depending on the state um, regulations, some of them even had to close their businesses, which is just heartbreaking. So, you know, everything comes around again, and it's not going to be a surprise if, you know, somebody somewhere says we have to lock back down again. Maybe at the time that this airs, this podcast airs, we may be in a completely different time. As of right now, it's summertime. We aren't locked down. We're not, we don't have to go back to all the craziness. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. How do we as practitioners, what would your advice be now growing this, you know, multi-million dollar company that's in all of these states? What would your advice be? What would you recommend to how to how how can we kind of recession proof or set ourselves up now in anticipation of what might be coming? Not to think gloom and doom. I'm not right. talking about that, right? But, and I think you and I are on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we think about this in a creative way like you did, looking for trends, looking for like, so, so talk to us, tell us what your recommendation would be. Well, first of all, nobody knows what's coming, right? Right. The future is always uncertain. And so a lot of times what I recommend should be done on a regular basis anyway. You know, we always tend to wait for the ball to drop before all of a sudden no we're true. like, oh boy, we better, you know, recession. And then it's our too late because then you're in scramble mode yeah. and you're in scramble mode. So by looking at your business and trying to be a little bit leaner right now, a little more efficient is going to just serve you well in the long run, whether right. a full on recession comes or not. Right. Right. So, you know, there's the practical things. First of all, cash, you know, our good old friend, Dave Ramsey is going to tell you cash is king. Right. Now is the time to make sure you have a little bit of an emergency fund. Yeah, agree. And I know we just weathered that pandemic. And like you said, a lot of people had to close and could not service patients. So it's probably pretty lean right now. But what can you do? Can you put any money aside? And what I always like to tell people is most of us bank online now, and we all have a business banking checking account, right? Open up a savings account a business savings account that attaches to your checking account and do whatever you can to just move a few pennies, a few dollars, whatever you can into that savings account on a regular basis. Right. And then make sure you can't see it online when you log into your bank, like hide it from your view. Cause there's a comfort in knowing, Oh, I got that extra money there. I'm okay. Right. So that way, you know, just, if you don't see it, you're not going to spend it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you can do that, great. If you can get yourself a little bit of emergency fund, that is definitely what I would recommend. Another thing is let's cut back on expenses. Where can we look at our expenses? So I always have my clients look at last year. Let's compare to last year. Well, we know that prices have skyrocketed on a lot of things. Yep. But dig into it item by item by item. Are you seeing a percent increase that just seems a little ridiculous? And then maybe go back to that vendor and find out why or find out what's going on there. Yep. 
or there may be another vendor that hasn't done that. There's a lot lately. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday in the food service industry. And they said, one of the main food service providers, you would know being in the food service business, who this is one of the main service providers just literally raised everything across the board, 30%, just to just, just cause gas is going up. And so everything's 30% higher, but these poor restaurants it's choking them because the margins are so thin anyway, and it was choking them. And so what's happening is a lot of the restaurant owners are, and food service providers are looking for other options. So to your point, you look at something that's going up, 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 they keep, you know, increasing the pricing. There's probably someone else out there that can do just as good a job for less. And maybe you can give up a few of the bells and whistles and have it done just as effectively, but it will cost you a little bit less money. So I agree. Like, don't be afraid to go out and price shop a bit. Exactly. Or go back to them and, you know, negotiate a little bit because mm-hmm. 30% across the board, I can guarantee not every item went up 30% for Correct. Them. That's exactly right. So I call that price gouging in my mind. That's like, well, it's inflation. So we're just going to go ahead and raise the price in anticipation that yeah, we're probably going to have some things go up 20, some things 30, some none, but 30 across the board is just easier. Right. Exactly. So, and you know, we're so busy as business owners. A lot of times we don't take the time to dive deep into our line by line item. But now is the time to do that. And the other sneaky expense are all these subscriptions. Yes. Yes. You know, we have all these apps now that help us in our business, these reoccurring expenses. So double check your credit cards and double check your settings on your phone and look for some sneaky subscription expenses that can be cut out. And, you know, think about this. I, I thought about this. I saw a subscription come through just a few days ago for me on an app called Word Swag. And I had forgotten about it. That's what happens. I subscribed to it and I had completely forgotten about it. I set it up on an annual subscription and it just dinged my credit card for $60 for an annual subscription. You think, oh, well, it's just 60 bucks. But I looked back, I've been paying the $60 for five years and I never, ever have used that app again. And I just wasn't paying attention. That's exactly what you're talking about. It's the sneaky dang thing. So if you have an Apple phone, if you have a Google play, go look at those things because it might not be something every month, but it might be an annual that you've already paid for. Go cancel the thing. Even like I have people who have Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus and HBO or whatever, like pick one and stick with one. Don't have to have them all. Same. Kind exactly. Of idea. Yeah. They, they're very sneaky. So, and now's the time to be frugal when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. Yeah. Right. So what else? Um, the other thing I say is get access to money before you need it. So a line of credit is a great yeah. way to go about and apply for a line of credit or apply for a credit card. I'm not saying go out and get into debt. That's not what I mean by it. But there's something about the comfort of knowing you have access to money if you need it versus all of a sudden being in a position where you can't pay your rent. Right. So, you know, definitely get that squared away why things are good. And then let's look at your business. Let's look at your sales. Let's look at the services that you provide, the supplements that you provide. And let's just maximize the heck of what is working. Mm -hmm. You know, like, What's your trick for like uh, looking at what's working? Like, I know what I would say, but I'm really interested to know, like, how do you look at that on a practical down to earth? Like when you're looking at your numbers, you're looking at your P&L, your profit loss, and you're looking at those line items. What, what do you look for when you're looking to see what's working, what's not working? Well, hopefully with your P&L or however your point of sale or however, you know, you're taking payment from customers, you are itemizing what you're selling. Yes. So if you're a practitioner and you're doing certain services, 
you know, which service is your highest generating revenue? Which one is bringing in the most dollars? Right. But then I'm going to ask you to go a step further and look at that service or product that you're selling or providing that's bringing in the most dollars. And I want you to run a profit analysis. I want you to look at how much time you're spending, if you have to pay labor, if there's cost because it's a product and run the profit. So that way you're not only just looking at what's bringing in the most dollars from a revenue standpoint, you're looking at what's bringing in the most dollars to your bottom line. And it sometimes might, they don't match. That's exactly right. You might have one thing that's bringing in 60% of your revenue, let's say, but the expenses associated with that one thing that's bringing in 60% of your revenue might be 50% of your expenses or something like that for a net profit of not very much, but you may have something else that's not doing very well, but your cost to deliver it is nothing or next to nothing. And if it's doing well enough, then go leverage that thing and get your margin, you know, capitalize on the thing that has a very, a higher profit margin, lower expenses, you know, a higher profit margin, and then run with that thing. I love that tip. Right. And then, you know, once you figure that out, what you want to really just maximize the heck out of push in the next few months, just for that cushion, go to find the people that have been your biggest supporters. So where have you found your clients so far? You know, now is not the time to be jumping around and trying out all these different networking groups and all these different things. Go fish where they know you, they like you, they trust you and ask for referrals. Get these people to be your champion, your advocate, because we want to just maximize what's working. Right. And, you know, when you get people that are willing to refer, they're a obviously already existing patients. It is so much less expensive to nurture and support not only offer additional services to the people that you're already serving, but asking those people to make those referrals. Cause they're going to refer people just like them. Right. They're going to refer the people that are good patients. They can pay, they can afford to pay. They can afford to be there. They can, then they're interested in doing what you do. So rather than I agree, rather than going out and spending all this time working on new marketing strategies, like dust off what you've got, work with right. what you already have. Exactly. And I think a lot of times we're afraid to ask for the referral. So how, how do you ask for a referral? Well, first of all, you have to make it simple for people because people are really busy and you have to be very specific with your ask. Because if I came to you and said, hey, do you know anybody that owns a small business and would like consulting? You'd be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know a lot of people, but I, you know, I don't really know what you're asking me. Right. So be very specific with who you're looking for. You know, do you know anybody with Lyme disease? Do you know anybody with, you know, whatever it is that your specialty right, is? Right. And so you want to be very specific. You want to make it very easy for them. So usually what I recommend doing is type up a one or two, three sentence paragraph that they could send to the person. Ah, oh, that's a good way to do it. So that way they don't have to do a lot of work. You're being very specific with what you're looking for and you're giving them a tool that they can use to forward on. What a great idea. I have never thought about that. You're actually providing them with the copy for them to send off to somebody else. So then right. they can ask for it very specifically in your language. And you're not asking them to go, oh yeah, well, if you you know need help with headaches, go talk to so-and-so. Right. You're being very specific. What a great idea. I had never and you're just making that. it easy because people are busy and it's not that they don't want to help. And I think too, we need to, you know, flip the script in our, in our heads about, oh, I'm embarrassed to ask them for a referral. What if they don't want to, if you help somebody, 
think about how you change their life. Yes, that's right. And by not referring you, there's somebody else out there that could be suffering. So you're really doing people a favor by asking for the referral because they can share that with other people that you've helped. Right. And they, they have the opportunity then to look like their superhero to their friend, because they're the ones that have brought the two of you together, right? They're saying, I know somebody who can help you. And I love you, my friend enough to give you the information for this practitioner over here who can help you with your headaches or hemorrhoids or whatever it is, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's like such a great tip. I'm going to be thinking about that one. Now you have my mind kind of worrying on that. One of the things that I just thought of when you said that, I thought, you know, how many times do we, we want to ask for reviews and it's so it's the same, a little bit of the same awkwardness, right? You ask for a referral, you ask for a review. It's like, you kind of get that knot in your throat. You think, well, well, do I, how do I say, Hey, could you tell everybody how awesome I am? When really, if you just gave them language. Right. And said, would you share X? Would you tell about your transformation? Because people want to hear about right. when you went from blank to blank. Mm-hmm. And when you give them the words, then they connect back to that and go, oh yeah, that's right. That's what I did. I did. I used to be constipated and now I'm not constipated anymore. Oh my gosh, I got to tell everybody. Exactly. And so talking about reviews, which are critical to growth, especially for a small business, I have the same approach. I usually say, provide them with three questions. Because the same thing, if you just said, hey, will you write a review for me and put it on Google? I'd really appreciate it. People just kind of go blank. They need something to get them started. So give them three questions. You know, what was the problem that you came to me with? Um, What, you know, what service did we provide or what was the result? You know, people like to see or transformation, whatever it is that pertains to your business, give them something to start with. Yeah. And once they start writing, once they start, you know, articulating and writing, then it all just kind of flows out because then they get in the zone, then they're going to flow it all out and also give them it when it comes to reviews, make sure that you always link them back to your GMB or now it's changed to Google business profile. So now it's GBP, <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, give them the link, like make it easy for them because people do get busy. And I noticed for me when I am, you know, really working on getting reviews, if I forget to send the link or just do that general ask, Hey, listen, here's a link would be happy if you'd leave us a review. I hardly ever get them. But right. that, but that's why I'm thinking, Ooh, the specificity might be really helpful for mm-hmm. that. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to tweak my review software a little bit and, and add that in. Well, Wonderful. Is, is there anything else that we just have to know? You know, I just want people to realize like, I don't, it doesn't all have to be gloom and doom. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. create your cupcake story if you want, but by just taking some time now to be proactive Look at your business from the 10 foot lens, not in the trenches and really just make some minor tweaks and changes. You're going to sleep better at night and you're going to weather that whatever comes next, whether it's a recession or whatever, you know, we, none of us can predict, none of us predicted the pandemic. Right. 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 But you know, the goal is to create a strong stability business sustainable. And these are some of those tips that you can do. And I recommend doing this once a year. Don't wait for, you know, the government to tell us when to analyze our business I recommend doing this once a year, look at your costs once a year, you know, look at all of those things once a year. But this is also assuming and knowing that there is so much value in extracting yourself out of the day-to-day operation of the business and building in time in your schedule 
to be, to work on the business, to be the CEO, to be the business owner, to look at the business objectively through the boss, not through the clinician's eyes in our case, you know, but as through the owner's eyes, you know, you in the cookies and cupcake business, you didn't have to be baking the cupcakes and wrapping them and taking them and doing the delivery, but you were in charge of what happened on a day-to-day basis. And ultimately the buck stops with you when it came to the finances. Right. And so you have to work on that. You have to be in there looking at it and analyzing it. So do you have any resources on this that would be useful for my audience that I can direct them to you? Yes. If you go to my website, nextwavebusinesscoaching.com and click on the resources tab, there's a resources tab there with lots of different trainings on what we just talked about, the recession proof. trainings on hiring, all sorts of things. So anything they're struggling with, they could probably find at least some tips and nuggets to get them started. If they go to um, my website under resources, new wave, next wave. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Yeah. Next wave business coaching, coaching. Mm -hmm. dot com dot Dot com. com. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you again. If you missed the first part of the episode, this is Jennifer Koch. She is a small business consultant. She loves working with small businesses and really helping them dive in, dial into their financial stuff, all the things like making sure that your business is really recession proof in that you're doing the work now and not having to be reactive and, you know, responding to a crisis when you're in the middle of the crisis and you're like, Oh crap, I don't want to do, I don't know what to do now. Cause I'm I, now I got a problem. And that's what's happened to so many practitioners during the um, onset of COVID back in 2020. So, and we don't want that to happen again. So Jennifer, any parting words? I just want to say, take a moment and celebrate. Everyone needs to celebrate their success. You know, as entrepreneurs, we don't do that enough. We're always looking ahead. We're always looking at the problems. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast, you're investing in yourself, you're opened your own business, you know, that takes a lot of guts, takes a lot of courage and you've weathered a pandemic. So celebrate your wins. And, you know, I just really encourage, and I'm a big small business advocate and I just really cheer, cheer you on and wish you all the best of luck in the future. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So there you have it. She went from cookies to cupcakes to a super successful businesswoman and all because she had the foresight to be able to really look forward. I loved, loved, loved all the gems and pearls that she gave us. And as a rock star, the rock star that she is, she also has a lead magnet or what you all should know is a lead magnet, but she's got a free resource for you about how to hire fast and smart. It's a great resource. I've already downloaded it. I read through the whole thing and it was really good. So the link is in the show notes. Be sure you go grab that. And uh, this uh, actually is um, episode number 110. So you can go to Rhonda Nelson com forward slash 110 and grab that freebie. The second thing I want to tell you about is don't forget to register for the free live webinar that I'm hosting. It's called Three Ways to Make an Extra $1,000 or More Every Month in Your Practice. And I'm going to be hosting that on Monday night, August the 29th at 5 p.m. So you are not going to want to miss that. It's the webinar of the year, baby. Three ways that you can add at least $1,000 or more to your practice every month. And the or more is the key. So here's where you go to register. RhondaNelson.com forward slash 
make more money, make more money. So uh, I will hope to see you there, but be sure you get signed up and uh, we are going to talk all about it. All right, friend, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. (music) 